Five minutes past 12 midnight. Sacramento, the heart of California, and around the world. Genuine Modern Radio. Radio Flom.
Just Heard Dreams by Kay Astra. Find her on all major music platforms and as at K A E A S T R A, that is Kay Astra on Instagram. Hello there, you're listening to Radio Flom. Have a nice day. Radio Registrar's Office, American River College. This is Radio Flom, and we have a very important question. We think our producer, Milk Surface, really needs to go back to college. Because there is just a lot of things he really doesn't know. I mean, if you've listened to his other podcast, Nymphomercial, you would understand this. So we are wondering... What is the most current going rate for admissions bribes? If you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I tried to look up who said that, but it turns out the earliest known instance of it was attributed to an anonymous person. Which means whoever said that was a fucking coward who didn't even want their own name attached to something so ridiculously untrue. Or they just had less mental health problems than me. Some of us can't just go Marie Kondoing our way through life only doing what sparks joy because sometimes that's nothing. Sometimes the mere act of getting out of bed each day is an accomplishment. Sometimes joy is redefined, not as a feeling accompanied by sparkles and chimes, but as one accompanied by the least amount of regret. Everything worth doing involves work, and some work feels good, but most of it doesn't. I have terrible stage fright, and after every show, there's a few days where I'm just laying in bed trying to decompress from all the neurotic tension I've built up. And while it's happening, I ask myself why I think this is even a thing worth doing if it mostly seems to make me feel terrible. But it's because out of all the impossibly hard things there are to be done, it feels the least difficult. There are days when I get up It's hard to even eat or speak, but someone could be like, hey, play us a song, and I'd be like, Okay. I don't honestly know if it's ever going to bring me money or become a big enough part of my life to say it's something I do, and there isn't much glamour in being a person who performs at open mics and local art shows, but if I can get myself from one day to the next thinking about how I want to die, but I can't today because there's a new piece I haven't finished and no one's going to hear how awesome it sounds in my brain until I put in the work. I guess that's something. Dancing is a disciplined art. The body, the head, the legs and feet, the hands and arms, all have their basic positions. The language of ballet is French. Foite, entrechat, pas de bourrée, pirouette, glissade, jeté. The creation of a ballet involves music and painting as well as dancing, so it's a rather complicated affair. 
As it usually takes several months for the choreographer, that is the dance producer, the composer and the artist to work it out, My point in life at, at this moment is trying to help ballet persons to understand we need to get real. Ballet does not, it has, it does not address life in the real. It was created as an ethereal fantasy world and that was great because people sometimes need to escape, but as we've progressed in the arts, arts used to be only fantasy and only this otherworldly stuff. And now if we go into the arts world, much of it is gritty, real, dirty, and ugly. Ballet and many of our classical arts have not gotten there. So for instance, as ballet, you can have a ballet with all the elements, all the beautiful little steps and elegant movements and intricacies that speaks of homelessness. Why not? Why can we not take a lovely little pretty white princessy thing and make it grungy and dirty as life? So that's why we should look at ballet. Now maybe we should be looking at them and saying, hello, come to us, let's be in the real world. Now what is the significance of ballet? Ballet has many significant things, I believe. As a form of physical activity or training, it is par excellence. In fact, I have used it as a form of training for many other athletic pursuits. So in that, area, I would say, why not look at ballet? As a, a image of femininity in previous uh, eras, it is a wonderful example of what maybe Victorians thought about females and how we should elevate them. But also, if you look behind the curtain, you will notice that they're not really elevated. They're captured. We have put them in this narrow little confined reality that no human should be placed in. So maybe we shouldn't have only really delicate little girls being females, but maybe a female that's a size 18, okay? And dance as well, because I have seen, I have seen dancers of all size that will just tear your eyes out, will make you cry and make you really want to believe. So those imageries that we have set, which seems to be a sociological thing, aren't, shouldn't be hard and fast. And ballet has, as per my vision so far, fallen into that, that what should we say, cultural, uh, cultural shortcoming, I would call it. But that roadway, it's the road of life. Oh, how do you get ahead in school? Well, you go to, you get up in the morning, you go to school, you get a job, you save your money, you do the right thing, and then you get ahead. <clears throat> that was what they said. It's not anymore. So I would say that we should look at ballet as the art it is, the art it has been, and mostly the art it could be. Because ballet is not limited. Like nothing is limited. It's limited by you or by me, but nothing else about it is limiting. Because when I started ballet, they said, oh yeah, this is the way the steps are. But the great choreographers were 
throwing the steps out the window and making up stuff. And when I threw it out the window and made up stuff and thought I was crazy and a hoot they clapped with abandon and bravo throughout the week. So that's why we should look at ballet, to keep it moving like we should look at other parts of our world. And I thank you so very much for giving me this opportunity to talk about ballet because it is the love of my life. Radio Farm presents Sophia Rhodes, and here is Legacy. Shout out to Jay Garday Beats who produced Legacy. Find everyone involved on Instagram at Sophia Rhodes Vocalist, at Jay Garday Beats, and at Mad V Guitars.
then comes autumn. Hey guys, it's Autumn Skyhall. I am a multi-hyphenate creative person from Sacramento, California, and I'm hanging out today. Can't wait to have a great conversation. <laughs> yep. I'm, yeah. I'm a, from a Swedish family, so <laughs> okay. I know an awful lot about socialism. <laughs> Every time something bad happens here, we're just like, oh, mom, you still want to get that dual citizenship for me? Sweden's looking really good right now. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's so many ways I could respond here that could go in other directions. I, I was that kid in, in in school where they were like, what do you want to be? And I was like, everything? Why do we have to choose one thing? <laughs> Renaissance person. You gotta, you gotta stand up for all the things. Like so many, so many creative people do so many things, and it's, it's awesome. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to be like a stand on a hill and be like, I do all these things. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, so, I, you know what? I gave up painting in high school because the kids were making fun of me so much. I stopped doing it for about ten years because I thought that I had to choose between painting or. Um, Time is the worst part. That, that's ridiculous. The fact that yeah. I, at like 19, was like, I don't have time. The world is going to end. I'm going to age and everything's going to go away. No, 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 no. <laughs> God, I hope that's not true. <laughs> oh, no. And every single young person I meet, he's like, oh, I'm almost 25. Time is running out. I want, I like, I want to punch them with love. With love. And be like. You saying that out loud is a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's 2019. That's some fucked up backwards mindset. Nobody's in that place anymore except for people who wake up every day and say it out loud to one another or themselves. Uh, Bjork is still working. All these women in music from the 90s, they're still working. Nobody has stopped. Nobody's retired. Who's retired? Nobody. But it's it's like young people who tell themselves that their success or their value or their worth or their talent is based on their age are the kind of people that are the reason why you get six-year-old music executives telling my friends that their success is based on an age limit. You know, still to this day, oh, oh, I just, oh, I get so riled up. It's not There's true. A- I read that study that came out a couple of years ago. You're like, oh, you know, most people only listen to music from when they were 15, 16, 17. And I was like, not me, not me. Yeah. I'm like, yes, amen. No, I, I cannot be that person. I, I there is, I mean, music is so, um, it, 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 for me personally, music helps me so much and it's so um, good at what it does, lifting my spirits, inspiring me, all of those things. Like to cut myself off from all of this awesome new music that comes out all the time, cut myself off from the possibility of finding my new favorite band. No. Why would I do that to myself? That is just setting myself for boredom and sadness and and I I am excited to to hear where music goes. I think it's fascinating from a from a psychological viewpoint, which is where like I get my kicks. Like it's fascinating, deeply fascinating to see like where 
it's channeling through and why, you know, all that stuff. I think it's, it's there's a reason they call it soul. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Milk's been telling me, uh, you got to start pitching some of the other flom stuff that you're doing on the podcast. So uh, we have a music blog. I started on a whim because I was essentially exploring other genres. Cool. And, and it's called Flomishin. Uh, you can link to it from our website. Mm-hmm. What I ended up doing was I started categorizing things by, first, I mix genres all week. But then Friday night, I do cabaret. And mm-hmm. then Saturday, starting at around 3 p.m. Pacific, I fill the whole damn thing with jazz. Historically, I end with the new stuff around 11 p.m. I'm like, if you want to learn something, start a blog. Which is why I'm mad at Tumblr now because they just sort of alienated oh, most of their users. Yeah, it made, yeah. It made me really sad. Sunday Symphony. Is it huh? this one? Is it Sunday uh, Symphony? Every Sunday. I, um, I, a lot of the, uh, the folk stuff that I do now is actually based off of. Um, I'm not the most Celtic. I'm a little bit Scottish. When I was in high school, I said I was a, a competitive Scottish Highland dancer. We were in um, Scottish festivals all over California for a really long time. And that's actually, most people do not know that that is a big like um, inspiration behind most of the folk music that I do. And that's why I have such a really deep appreciation for folk music, um, both from a classic Western side and then also from the Irish and Scottish side. It's Truly fascinating, incredibly beautiful, and the way that um, femme voices are used, I think, is just um, there. Are, there are so many cultures that use femme voices in just the most spiritual, uplifting, soulful ways. And Irish and Scottish music, particularly, just has like one of the one of the most amazing corners. Like if you haven't like dug deep into, you know, traditional Celtic singers, like oh. Do yourself a favor. Because um, that, that becomes a rabbit hole. You just go down. I mean, oh, God. <laughs> oh God. I mean, I feel like you want me to look up my playlist literally right now because I'm, I'm doing it. Ta-da, I'm doing it. <laughs> Are you on Spotify? Yeah, let's see. Oh, you know what? This is a great song. Um, oh, it's a song called Dreams Tonight. Um, a band called Always, but it's A L V V A Y S. Then oh, I'm gonna look for this other one. There's one particular song I heard the other day that really just knocked me out of the park. I was so impressed. It's a track called Atomic Number, and it's by Nico Case and Katie Lang. And uh, who else is on this guy? I'm not sure. Anyway, they just put out an album. Their voices together are really haunting, but I think just the songwriting of the song itself. Yeah, again, it's called Atomic Number by Nico Case, Kitty Lang, and I think it's Laura Veers, not sure. And real good if you like Wailing Jennies and stuff like that. Right now, the Flamishin playlists are just, uh, I'm, I'm doing a lot of just really experimental dark stuff. Just because it's it's interesting and annoying, but uh, that's sort of where my headspace is. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, how would you describe yourself? Well, both interesting and annoying, definitely. Yeah. I create playlists for fun. Playlists are how I um, express myself. 
I do that with Pinterest. Every single project I work on, because I'm all visual, every project I work on, I have a Pinterest that's just filled with hundreds and hundreds of images. Yeah. And uh, when, when I assign Pinterest to my students, they all freak out. They're just, I was like, oh, good. You found two images. You're doing a good job there. Here's mine. Uh, and they're like, holy shit. Oh, man. Uh, I, I'm working on uh, the updated flaw manifesto. And it, it keeps just blowing up in my face because I was like, no, I have to add this. No, I have to add this. And eventually I'll finish it. But, difficult. You're like, how do I just write down my life's work and passion in a very Oh, uh, yeah. And, and it is a philosophy. Uh <laughs> I've, because the original manifesto was for the video game. And right now I'm watching people like AOC mm-hmm. tearing up Congress by doing essentially what I think humans should do. Yep. Learn what you're doing, go out there and make the world a better place. Challenge the status quo. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I just saw a thing um, are not great. Uh, among like people entrenched, but her numbers are going next generation. And if there's one thing I learned about teaching history is the next generation is going to change the world. It's not going to be the status quo. It's not going to oh, be the people in place. It's not going to be the people in place at all, ever, at all. Um, yeah. I am currently people and work with people and, and friends with people who are entrenched in the hue people, gender health studies and stuff like that. And till they're president, all cousins in my family are so well educated at 17 years old 17 years old at 17 years old I mean I was I was a lot of things I was very creative and stuff like that but like I didn't feel like I had the right to have an opinion I was like I'm young you know who am I to say anything and that took a really long time for me to shake off. It was only like a couple of years ago where I'm like, no, I definitely have opinions. Here's some opinions. I was, um, I was in government and uh, speech and debate for a long time. And that was a really, that was a great place. Honestly, it, it gave me so many more tools. Um, and it also teaches you that like, you really need to be co- consistently evolving. Like, for me, I feel like uh, to be a responsible, mature adult right now, my life is constantly keeping up with shit that happens and, and referencing off of people I know that know 150,000 times better than I do and constantly, constantly learning. Like every single day I make a mistake or I, uh, someone comes to me and they're like, that opinion is funky. I'm like, oh, it's funky? Show me why. I, <laughs> right, I yeah, back that it. up. Like, it's it funky to you. And honestly, like, in, in, the, in the circle that I'm in, like, it means so much to me that people come to me or that they come to other people, and they're like, hey, heard this thing. You know, there's actually a better way of looking at it like this. And I, I'm honestly like, yay, honest, literally, thank you for telling me because I don't want to be going around with, like, dirt on my face. And I do consistently want to keep educating myself and becoming more evolved. I don't think there's ever a point where anybody can be like, I'm perfect. No one's perfect. I've known those people. Creative people I knew in high school at age 30 decided he knew everything. And the thing is, I can't have a conversation with him because it's like talking to a 30-year-old. For me. (laughs) (laughs) 
it was like, so who decided age 30 is the day that you decide you know everything? Um, That was the day I decided I definitely did not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, God. I mean, I don't know when the day is. Uh, (laughs) My mother said it's age 75, uh, but I was like, no, no, not exactly. (laughs) It's easy to be an asshole. Yeah. That's one thing I see with, like, some of the trolls we get. It's easy to be an asshole. Just be angry, Mm -hmm. say something mean. Uh, That's – bullies are some of the most um, just dumb people I've ever met. And if you really want to put some effort into it, go into a situation where you don't agree with something and don't be an asshole about it. And that's something I've had to learn. But I I do a lot of researching when it comes to teen body. It's like your trauma that's very, very present in you as your person. And a lot of these people sit really close with their pain body. Therapy and upset. (laughs) Therapy is good. Therapy is awesome where I'm like, I can break it down. I'm like, I can see that you, I don't know who you are, person, trolley person, but I know that most people who go out of their way to do that are doing it because they're really fresh in their trauma, really fresh in their pain body. You see a lot of these, like I'll get like, a 75-year-old Republican guy who's, like, mad that I like women. And, and I'm like, you're just sad because something in your life is really difficult right now. And you think that me being who I am is actively taking away from your quality of life. Or you think that me being the way I am is going to threaten your existence in some way. And it's all very it's a lots of people in pain being angry at lots of people in pain and i think that creates so that's the source of all this discourse so for me i'm just like yeah it's not it's not maybe like i could never i've never been in a place where i'm like i'm going to create a secret account and then harass people for fun how i personally de-stress i've gotten to the point where i'm like i also don't get offended by it because i can I'm like, you think you're being mean, but I can see past what's actually happening. I know you're just doing this out of hurt. That's all they want is your attention. There is no winning when it comes to those kinds of situations. They just want your attention. They want to know that they frazzled you enough to get a reaction, any reaction. I have so many people who are like, well, what if, what if I, what if I debate them eloquently enough? Well, maybe I could change their mind. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, there's no such thing when someone's too caught up in their hurt, you know, it's all ego and hurt. You can't get past the crusty ego hurt, you know, caveman in their heart. <laughs> so all you can do is be like, I lovingly block you. You know, if you want to come talk to me in real life someday, I am open to taking you out to, to pizza or whatever but you also just can't let that much stuff in your life you know especially from people you don't know there's already so much stuff in people's real lives that they have to deal with like to add that stuff additionally on top of it it's just like no that's no way to live no way to live and you'd probably know because you you play video games (laughs) i um I teach, so it's yeah, um, not just standing in front of the room and reciting stuff. It's like let's let's find out what everyone's really good at mm-hmm. and uh, get them doing that and get them past the fear and the anger. And I, I mean, I had a student once who um, was right off a farm. He lived on a farm. His big thing was to hate anything he didn't understand before. So 
my approach to teaching is I'm going to throw stuff at you you've never seen before, and I'm going to have you do it. And that's frightening for a lot of people who expect a class to go a certain way. Mm-hmm. And he was angry during every single lecture about everything I covered. He's like, that's not right. That's, and I get through to him. And I was like, I, I tried several different ways of saying, you shouldn't have to be angry at that. There's a whole world out there beyond the farm. And uh, it, it, it becomes this battle in the classroom to get people to be okay with who they are. Yeah. Um, I did have a Nazi student once. That never that didn't go well. He wouldn't do the work because it was all communist. You, that's a really nice compliment. But <laughs> you look really you think so. Uh, <laughs> capitalism, socialism, and communism, and break it all out. They are systems that could work, but what usually screws it up is humans are very good at wanting to do things for themselves. For themselves. Yeah. Selfishness always kicks in. Uh-huh. People, uh, I've discovered over the years, people that they want, I call it comfort food. They want that safe space. But at the same time, they'll say they want change, they're intrigued by it, but real change scares the hell out of people. And uh, the, the biggest problem I have, I would say as a teacher, the biggest problem in the classroom is I believe the concept of when you get in a classroom and when you leave a course, you should know and have done things you've never done before. Hmm. Very scary. Yeah. Well, because it's pushing people into uncomfortable. And unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, a lot of the, the stuff that we learn that sticks with us, you only learn from uncomfortableness. Yeah. You're like, I had this terrible experience, but now I guess I'm wiser. <laughs> you're like, but I grew. Hooray. Yeah. You're like, hooray, I'm a, an evolved human being. I, I try to relate it to roller coasters. I'm like and addicted to roller I like them too much, maybe. <laughs> this is a weird place to say that out loud, but, you know, it just feels safe to me. So, <laughs> like, I just like. The last time I went, I think we went on the same roller coaster like 15 times. I was the only thing I went on at the entire park. I just went on this one roller coaster. <laughs> um, so I was, I had, I, I've never like gone on Facebook and listed like all the stuff that I've worked on before. So I'm like, I don't even, I can't even remember everything. How am I supposed to remember everything? But one day I was bored and I was like, I can do it. And what I basically did was uh, went through all the little things that I had, I don't know, about 15 years ago. And now for me, it's way more meaningful. If the things I'm involved in event wise are geared towards something a little bit cooler, like bringing people together. So for me, like when I would go to shows, when I would have shows, the biggest part for me would be like afterwards or right before where people would come out and we'd all talk and we get to catch up with people that we loved and we'd seen or we haven't seen in a long time. It was a, an awesome chance to meet really authentically kind people. And it ended up being like, that was the big clincher for me. That's why I wanted to to stay in it for so long. I started All Musicians Eve, which is something we did two or three times. It's really difficult to get a couple hundred musicians all together at one time, by the way, because everyone, uh, musicians famously play together, but don't know each other. 
in the scene that I am in. Um, because on the weekday nights, we have free after work to pay for our music. We are all at practice to practice for our music. And on the weekends where most people, normal people hang out and get to see each other, musicians are playing their gigs. And my biggest sadness for a long time was that I felt like I was doing so much in the music scene and I didn't know the people that were playing on stage with me very well. And I was just like, no, this is, no, we, we can fix this. We will do something to fix this. And I just got really passionate about opening up spaces for people to get to know each other. We had like potlucks. We had like a giant um, circle group where people would like say nice things about each other and like cry, support each other, give wisdom. And then like, it would like turn into a jam session by the end of the night. And it was really, really great. Or I used to help out at an open mic, a capital garage that my friends ran. We started a brunch at our house the next day that everybody had open brunch to whoever was at the open mic the night before at uh, tower brewery as the host for their Monday open mic. You know, what's great is thinking for a really long time that the reason why I was happy in music is because I was in the music, but the open mic is not about me. And I still get the same, if not more satisfaction from seeing these people that I have grown to love because I see them every week continuously get better or, you know, more meaningful and important than just the music. I really relate to that because, I mean, Flom just started as a video game. It, it was something for me to do something I always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And now we have all these flamas I've sort of recruited all over the world. And I just saw like a ridiculous number of hits for um, our flamist in Portugal. In fact, I've been trying to get her on the podcast and she is so overwhelmed and that she can't even respond to messages at this point. Yeah. F-I-L-I understroke P-A-P-I-N-H-O. And she's listing herself as a fictional character. Her hashtag is luxurious embroidery life. And yeah. she's... Uh, <laughs> Opened her own gallery in Porto, uh, Portugal. I, I will help support this. There used to be a, a thing about Sacramento, and I used to talk to musicians about this. A, a Sacramento concert consisted of them on a stage, five or six people standing there with their arms folded watching them. I know it still goes on here. I brought it up in a class with a bunch of students. And then like a month later, they're like, oh, my God, I saw it. And I was one of them. I was like, dance, mm -hmm. you fool. Mm -hmm. It just, uh, I, I just, I can't understand where people are like, this music moves me so much that I will pay a huge price to go see this band. And then I will stand there. <laughs> If you have, if you, oh man, it's just, I don't know. For me, it's just like, who's your circle? Who are you hanging out that is taking you to shows and then not letting you have the time of your life with musicians that you love? I, I, I just, I don't, uh, I dance at everything. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. If I dance for me. I don't dance for other people. And I love dancing. That has nothing to do with anybody else. I Love to dance. I've always been in dancing my entire life. I was in a bunch of different stuff. Swedish clogging, Highland, Scottish Highland dancing. I was a highly awarded Scottish Highland dancer in high school. 
it also doesn't serve me to be like, why isn't anybody dancing? I'm like, okay, I will go out of my way to make sure that people know that whatever, wherever I am, they can feel comfortable doing that. And that, I don't know, anybody who has, who's like me, who's just like, I'm just going to dance and you can dance too. All of those people should be dancing to make it a safer space, a more comfortable space for other people to dance. Um, I don't know about you 10 years ago, but I was a completely different person 10 years ago. And uh, so was I, yeah. And gender identity and political identity and uh, where I'm coming from as a person. Like I was dealing with a lot of like grief and pain at that time. Like my dad had just gotten diagnosed and like I was dealing with a lot of like, well, I've always been a, um, I, I just have a tendency towards depressive stuff that's just in my family. You know, I used to feel so ashamed that I dealt with these things because I'd had all these people be like, Whoa, you're the, oh, people are always like, you're the happiest person I know. And I'm like, don't say that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really. <laughs> that's really the thing to look for when I see that. It's like, uh, oh, something's going on here. I don't know about that. I think. And, uh, I feel like I'm always interrupting you because you 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 talk like a poet. Oh, that's the nicest you do. I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You go on these little waves. I was like, oh, I want to interject, but now when my voice goes in there, you stop. I was like, oh, I don't. Oh, want to. No. And well, then, I like to hear what you have to say too, because you're you're adding so much like stuff of depth. That every time you bring uh, it, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Well, <laughs> I, I, uh, so. Big thing, I just started playing again. I've played in a couple of projects when I was really starting out. It was like my folk thing when I was a tiny child. <laughs> it was so strange to me. I was like, I was an infant, baby. I don't understand why I was in bars. Who let me do this? Who? who, who <laughs> it's like, it's like where you, have you ever like gone back and like read your poetry or like I had journals when I was that age and I'm like, Jesus. Wow. And I just like, I'm like singing this to people on the internet. You know, that's great. I don't see why that would be weird or awful. <laughs> um, but now that I'm older, it's a little bit, I don't know, uh, more organic and I, I feel much more comfortable with the, who I am. And, and um, I know what I want out of it, which is just, to keep playing. When I don't play, I am an ornery curmudgeon. And when I do play, I am peaceful and well-balanced. And I, I eventually one day I was like, oh, there's a connection here. I should definitely just keep doing music. Like, I, I don't... And, you know, it's nice to not have a goal because then if things actually happen, you're genuinely, you're genuinely grateful. You're like, I literally expected nothing zero nothing so anything above nothing happening i'm like hell yeah i get to play at a farmer's market <laughs> yeah uh, yeah <laughs> totally totally relate to that i mean uh, one of the things with me is i don't know where this flom thing is going i'm just sort of fueling it and seeing where it ends I, up I, who's gonna I get involved know what the, me doing things with people is doing but i know that i love it very much and it's giving me a lot of energy so I hope wherever your project is going, it continues to fulfill you from the inside out 
and brings you cool things and like introduces you to magical people and stuff like that. <laughs> That's a good end point. <laughs> <laughs> from way back in the day four or five different people from different bands on it but um i did like some of my favorite work is on the song and it's just like feeling it's just got a good vibe whenever i listen to it still i'm just like i'm happy i made that i didn't know i shine before anticipating This is Yeni Soto and performance is an art. 
The first performance we know of involved Cain in a show that involved his brother Abel and a finely sharpened stick. In the routine, Cain killed Abel by piercing his temple with the stick, eliciting applause and laughter from the crowd. In addition to this being the first performance we know of, it's also the original of what we know as a one-night-only show. Performance is an art. Grog and Oop was a comedy duo that worked circa 125,000 BC out on what is called the Great White Wheel, a series of Neanderthal nightclubs located in what is today Uzbekistan. Mm. Who Made the Wheel was a popular routine, a forerunner of Abba and Costello's Who's On First Bit. Though it wasn't very funny because all they had to talk about was a wheel, and sports had yet to be invented. Performance is an art. Theater is often collaborative form of art where actors create an imaginary experience for an audience using gesture, speech, music, dance, and art. Theater comes from a Greek word theatron, meaning a place for viewing, derived from the earlier word theomai, which means to see, to watch, to observe. Theaters themselves were semicircular in form and never ever had comfortable seating. Tragedy is a form of theater, very popular in the ancient world, because people really enjoy hearing about bad things happening to others. Today it has evolved into what we know as Facebook. Performance is an art? Barnum never actually knew Bailey, but that's a well-kept secret that you probably shouldn't know about. Vaudeville is where variety shows come from, including poetry, comedy, songs, trained animals, ventriloquists, acrobats, jugglers, and magicians. Not necessarily related to each other, these skits would all end up performing on stage as part of a build lineup. I am doing ventriloquism right now, very well, because I'm not moving my mouth. You have no idea, dummy. Performance is an art. Lionel Barrymore obtained his talent by actually eating souls. So did Eddie Cantor. But that was always just obvious. Maybe. I don't do that, so I wouldn't know. Maybe. Performance. Art is? Dave Allen was an Italian comedian who was described as being at large, which made up for him sitting down to do a stand-up. Performance is an art, and to your left is your bottle of water, complimentary. Performance art is part of the avant-garde tied into Italian futurism and data. In contemporary art, it can take multiple forms, including weird escapades involving cats, dogs, and fish that walk upright 
but only if you pay them more than scale. Pretty sure that's where Dr. Seuss came up with the idea. P-E-R-F-O-R-M-A-N-C-E is an art. Stage fright is a normal occurrence when introverts are forced to speak on topics in front of a classroom to people who normally bully them out in the courtyard. Probably the stage room. Some are private. It is the main reason a lot of adults use fake names on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Performance is an art. Preformance is something else entirely. It has been proven that anyone can become president of a famous country just by appearing on television and saying a few simple phrases over and over. As Andy Warhol said, Everyone can and will be president because we started the tradition where the richest consumers buy essentially the same things as the poorest and everybody should like everybody, but only for 15 minutes. Performance is an art and capitalism is real. The best music, we play it all for you, on Radio
And that was Cursed. I found Charlotte Rose Benjamin on Instagram, and you could find her on Spotify. Radio Flaw. This is dead air. Some good Sacramento ambience right here. This is Milk Surface here. I'm joined by Chad Andre, and we are outside of the Blue Lamp, ready for the Ultraviolet release party. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah. I I wonder if we'll see any weird stains. Oh, right, because of all the ultraviolet light. Yeah, exactly. That'd That'd be really interesting. You know what? I'm pretty sure the stain is from the music. And it's staining leave, my heart. And then that leaves me in disdain. Oh. <laughs> uh. Breathe in all your misery, self-made. Breathe out and cast the shame and the doubt away. Got no business in my life, so third eye with my sight. Might only have tonight, so I get ultraviolet. So I get ultraviolet. Nothing permanent, death is just another door. Hear you knocking, and I'm wondering what you came here for. Came from galaxies away just to fuck with me. Can't help but think there's love underneath the hay. They always leave when I think I need them most. Guess that go to show how much I really don't. I recognize the moon and her divinity But she don't hear the sun is identity Ain't no sleeping in the spider webs It ain't sick to you inside my head Got no business in my light So third out with my sight Might only have tonight so I get ultraviolet I get ultraviolet Ultraviolet so tell them not to worry about me I'll be out chasing those dreams Shine silver, no screen Got gold in my veins Trying to waken that king For the kingdom came Diamond tip tongue I don't need to clutch fame Every neighborhood street See puddles when it rain But they think we ain't the same All connected by the pain And the pleasure from the sinners To the saints No such thing as never No such thing as forever Whether they tell you they can They can't predict the weather Got no business in my light So third eye with my sight Might only have tonight So So I get ultraviolet Get ultraviolet. So I get ultraviolet. Get ultraviolet. Ballet. He has some marvelous pink shoes, by the way. Yeah, I'm digging your kicks. Yeah, those are sick, dude. Um, yeah, these are. Uh, everyone needs. Some... I have the same, but they're not, but like different colors. Everyone needs some pink in their life for days when you need to feel fabulous. And when you I have don't pink feel on my lanyard. Like, there it is. Radio Flom talks once again to Andrew Defy. 
Yeah, yeah now go. we're rolling. All right, we're now finally going. Remembering okay. the future. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, my new shit is remembering the future. Um, so I woke up this morning and remembered how amazing the show was tonight. Remembered how much love there was in the building, how many people came out, how much healing there was. Um, so it's going to be an amazing night. Yeah. It already has been. Yeah. The This album, I, I keep explaining to people that it didn't necessarily come from me. Like, I touched and tapped into something much bigger than myself um, with this album. So there's like a divinity that, that has I really been like rolling through this project down to every um, every little detail. Um, even today, there's a, there's a song called Movement. In that song, um, I say... I got some angels, you should really watch what you say around. Right. While I was practicing that song coming in, five hell's angels walked into the door. Right. The symbolism. Yes. Yeah. You know, like it, it keeps, there, there's something There's something bigger going on here. It's bigger than me, it's bigger than a hip hop record. Like I never yeah. planned to make another rap record. I was done rapping and then this was given to me. Um, so it's been it's been a wild process. It, the the album has kind of made a way for itself. It created its own path. I've always noticed that artists will create something and when they really just strike on something perfect. It builds upon itself in its own. Like you said, these things keep happening that kind of reconfirm it and it gets more growth and stuff. And you know, you didn't plan any of that. It's yeah. just like you planted the seed and it just took off on its own. Just tapped in. Yeah. Tapped in. And I think it's really you know in ancient Greece. Um, when they talked about the genius, it wasn't that a person was a genius. You weren't a genius. You were visited by the genius. Um, and I really, I love that analogy because number one, it means that if I make some some mediocre shit, then it's not my fault. Yeah, genius, yeah, exactly. The genius took a day off. Um, <laughs> but it, it's also, you know, I definitely feel like with this album, there were there were energies, entities, spirits, whatever you, however you interpret that, something bigger than myself that, that really came up with these lyrics and, and kind of put these, this music together. Um, cause I'm still finding out what it means. I had somebody hit me up this week and was like, diamond tip tongue, like a record player. That shit is so tough. And I was like, Oh, like a record player. Yeah, I guess so. Like, <laughs> so you, so that's like, amazing. I'm like, assuming those are like lyrics in one of the songs. Yeah, right. And yeah. so you just didn't realize that that yeah. was, that's actually really for, interesting. For for me, like the, the thought process was diamond, diamonds are the hardest thing, right? Mm-hmm. So my tongue, my words have to be that hard. And that was right. my mind state within someone else being a record player and the whole allegory of um, being the, the instrument that makes the music play, you know? Like there's there's being the music and then there's being the vessel that actually plays the music. So, I mean, good content is more than an artist making good t- content. It's an artist making something that can be well interpreted by the viewers and they turn it into good content with their own like definition of everything and Absolutely. it sounds like you've really hit upon that. Absolutely. I mean, it, I think when people create out of a vulnerable, oftentimes vulnerable um, space, it becomes, it has a, a reality to it that is gravitational almost where yeah. like you can tell, I can, I can listen to five minutes of someone's set and realize whether they wrote that song because they think it's what the audience wants to hear or whether they wrote the song because that was real for them. Yeah. Um, that reality and vulnerability shows that you can come in not to attack, but as like a fan and listen and enjoy and make it something your own too. Yeah. And you, and, and those are the records that I always gravitate to and I put them on like a, like a black hooded sweatshirt, you know what I mean? Um, and, and really make it your own. And I think yeah. the healing that I was going through in making this record translates to the listeners. So far, that's what the 
that's what the consensus has been. You know, I have a lot of people in my life who hit me and we're like, yo, like, this is a vibration lifter. Like, I, you know, I was having a rough day and I popped this on and it's a 17 minute album. Like, uh, I make music for the ADHD generation. <laughs> like, everything, it's punk rock format. It's it, under three minutes. Everything's quick. It's like, actually right. ADDJ now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When yeah, it's yeah. music related? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's a. Uh, it, it was a healing process for me, and and because of the healing that went into it, um, it's become a healing process for others, which is just beautiful. That's that's the point of putting it out. You know, I shelved an album five years ago because it was an album that I wrote out of frustration, and by the time it was done and ready to go to mastering, I was like, yeah, I, I don't want to put this out. This isn't the energy the city needs. This isn't the energy that the youth who are looking at me need. I needed to get it out. That's really well thought forward to not release it because of how it could affect these other people. That said, though, um, given the context of a different time, different culture, do you think something written in frustration could still have its own value to, oh, for others to listen to besides just you creating it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I feel a lot of my favorite records are those frustrated records. That's what I That's listen to. That's all of Red Hot I'm Chili Peppers. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, shout out Anthony Kiedis. He has the best job in all of entertainment. Um, but yeah, this, uh, man, I'm, I'm fumbling for how to, how to put this into words. Um, it's a good thing you don't have to perform things that put stuff into words. Yeah, yeah, or like write. Yeah. Like that. It's a good thing you're far terrible, from that. Terrible, terrible. Like, I only write well when I'm being guided by otherworldly entities. Totally you know? get that. Uh, I only podcast well when people are playing loud music yes. right yeah, behind yeah, us. Like that? Yeah. Hey. Is there any future hey, future beats like this coming up? This is Mozzie right here. Sacramento oh. Zone. Yeah, Everyone put yeah. down your sound hounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it right there. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Mozzie. Mozzie uh, Mozzie's a, a really, really important character in, in Sacramento hip hop. He's the really? he's a child of well, his grandma was a Black Panther, um, and he represents the gang culture out in Oak Park. Heavy, um, the the body count has risen because of this dude and and like the energy that he's putting out. But he's also telling some very, very real stories, um, and you're seeing this. He's starting to gain this consciousness, I feel like, about what his impact is in the community. You know, last year he did this thing called the Kick the Cup Challenge, where he was pouring out bottles of lean, the syrup, the promethazine that all the oh. kids are getting strung out on. So he quit, and then he did the he did a full Instagram like documentation where he was dumping out all this stuff and just like really trying to trying to be a good example. You know, what I mean, and I think it's important that as conscious, quote unquote, air quotes like a motherfucker, conscious artists, um, we need to not judge folks on their paths and where they're at. Mazi ain't come from the same place that I did or that Paul Willis did or that some of these more like, quote unquote, conscious artists did. But that doesn't um, eliminate their value. Yeah, and he's, and he's on his path. Like, we all have a path. 10 years ago, y'all wouldn't have recognized me for, for being a, a, a community organizer or someone who, who the youth worked with, you know what I mean? Like. Um, I was I was strung out. I wasn't. I didn't love myself, so I definitely didn't love anybody else. It's good to see that you know? you've grown. You've come here. Yeah. I mean, this is a big thing tonight. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, the it's that path. And I feel like everybody has one. And that's why we need to like let folks just let folks be on their path. If you can guide, if you can love them, then love them on their path. But we don't need to be judging folks on their on what their path is because we don't know what it is. You know, I mean, Mozzie may Mozzie may be president someday you know what i mean like he may turn the entire hood around like if y'all don't give give him the opportunity then he won't be able to you know 
it's weird how we always want this turnaround in all of our fiction and stories, but when it comes to reality, we're so closed off of the idea of that turnaround of the hero's path. We want this perfect, bland, starch thing, and it's like, why? It's It's because we're too focused on safety instead of actual growth and development. You want to see the manifestation I'm talking about? Track five on the album is called The Turnaround. There you go. Hi. See, it's coming together. Now, is that like the, the like the middle most song in the album? Uh, there's seven. There's seven songs. So I would say track four is like the kind of the the apex of the of the story and where like the most. It's that sitting. It's when the hero sits with himself and realizes like you've got a decision to make. Like, you're the one who's got you. It's only you here. Like, you're going to decide to be okay or you're going to decide not to be okay. Um, and that song is called Water or Gasoline, and then it's followed with the turnaround. Because once you sit down with yourself and you spend some time with yourself and figure out that you got you, it'll all start turning around. Everything will get better. So then is the rest of the album the water or the gasoline? Uh, I, I feel like that all really depends on who you are and, and what you want. You know, the idea with water and gasoline is like you're on fire. Do you want water or gasoline? Some people want to be put out. It depends on what that fire is. If you want to extinguish it or whether you want to, whether you want to fuel it and light it up. You know, so it's really like that idea of like having to look at the whole situation and realizing like, is this something that I want to go towards? Something I don't want to go towards? What are my, what are my options? What is my fire? And then you know, do I want it to go out or do I want it to? to I think it's obvious, but where are you right now, then? I'm, I'm gasoline all okay, day. Okay, yeah. I'm gasoline yep. all day. Um, and I, I feel like I ride with a gasoline gang, too. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've been having people, people hit me on Instagram this week and literally just responded with gasoline. Because the hook is, do you want water or gasoline? And folks like, give me the gasoline. Um, and I, again, like I think definitely times in my life I've been water. Yeah. You know, when I was strung out and I was doing a bunch of coke and, and oxys and, and taking all these pills, like... And I needed I needed some water for that fire. You know what I mean? Like in order to be able to to have a flame that did something productive. You know, I had a destructive flame before, and I think this is this is really the birth of like maybe not the birth, but like the announcement of a healing flame, a refining fire. A lot of people promote like you need to grow or you need to stop, but to show that like you need both, you need to know how to stop and put out, and you need to know how to grow. But the main thing is deciding. You need the knowledge to decide which is which and when. Yeah. And I think your your content really puts that forward for people to understand. Yeah, yeah. And it's spending it's spending time with yourself. The, uh, the album's called Ultraviolet. Uh, one of those things that someone informed me of later. Yeah, I was curious was about like, the name because that has a lot of uh, subcontext to it. There's right, so much to right. ultraviolet like lighting. Um, it it kind of just just came. Uh, again, it was one of those things. I wrote a song called Ultraviolet, and that was like, okay, this is the title track. This is what this album is about. This, this song is about going ultraviolet, so that, like, tuning into your own light. Um, so the idea for me really was, like, sitting in that dark and learning that that's where you create your own light. You know, it's, it's pitch black when you first step into a dark room, but then your eyes start to adjust a little bit. It's that invisible light that's always yeah, there yeah. that you don't visually see, but you get attuned to. And that's what someone brought to me. So it was actually the Philharmonic that was like, so I mean, the cool thing about it is like, you know, with ultraviolet light being like a spectrum of light that the human eye can't see, you know, it's like, why did I never think of that? Also, like, that makes so much sense. So it came to you kind of like, I'm assuming, was there like a moment for you when you came for came up with this title for this album? Were you just like, dude, no way. That is perfect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, when I, 
I was on vacation for Thanksgiving with my family and I was going through a lot of personal loss and struggle and self-love issues and uh, I came up with a beat for Ultraviolet and you know some most of these songs like I made it halfway through producing the beat before the lyrics started coming and I didn't even get to finish the beat until we got back to the studio um, and that's how it was with Ultraviolet and the hook I didn't even know it was the hook when it came out and just wrote it out and and when it came out it was they got no business in my light I'm so third eye with my sight I might only have tonight so I get ultraviolet and it's you know like kind of become for me that that became like a motto that became like you know when I was going through all of that like yo no hold up it's time to go ultraviolet like whether they see my light or 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 no one sees my light I know what my light is I know who I am I mean we have to admit that seeing things under a black light and seeing it glow under ultraviolet is the most badass type of light oh that's, for sure it. also it can reveal some strange things as well yeah yeah no absolutely you do get to see what's going on when you get some uh, some UVs in there I actually have a quick question you mentioned earlier that you when you were coming up with this album you had some like higher powers working through you right but I'm simply wondering if you yourself did you happen to have any sort of specific goal as you were creating this music at any point uh, I didn't have a goal for this project until I decided I wanted to put it out right. and really so I follow the numbers really heavy uh, 333 is a number that yeah. has shown up in my life over and over and right in the time when all of that happened, when I was in the midst of all of that, that's when it started showing up. I have that shit tattooed on my chest. Like, um, so when I did the numbers on, if you add two plus zero plus one plus nine, it equals 12. If you add one and two, it equals three. So the release date of March 3rd, 2019 is 333. That's like some deep lore shit right there. Man. So when I realized that when I realized what that date added up to it was like okay I got this the signal is, I'm supposed to release yeah, it that day started putting things in the like, work no, you got it yeah. let's go yeah and that, that was really um, kind of how the whole thing um, moved uh, was you know I did that math and then that's when I actually had the plan of like I'm gonna put this out it, it had kind of been you know we were working on it and I don't like to waste people's time so it wasn't like you know I was making it with the intent of shelving it but like I said I've shelved albums before it's not a it's not a huge thing to me to, to make a project and not put it out, but this one, the guides let me know. Like, it's, you're supposed to put it out. That's why they gave me the date, you know? They gave me the name, the date, the songs, all of it. Um, speaking of albums and songs that you mentioned that you don't put out, do you feel like in the future you would ever put out an album that is just a compilation of those songs that you didn't want to put out, um, at least at the time? I have told the entire crew that upon my death, they are allowed to put all of it out really? and charge as much as they want to <laughs> for it. Like, that's how I want to pay for my funeral. And it'll be funny because there'll be, like, a bunch of people who are mad about it. Just be a million-dollar like, album. Mm -hmm. Just all you only need is one person. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like most of that album, uh, you know, I was going through it with Paul Willis, and Paul Willis was like, yo, you still need to put that album out. It's a prequel. It's how you got there. And I looked at him, and I said, yo, which, which songs on that album aren't out that are gems? You know what I mean? Because there's like four or five of those tracks that have been leaked over the years, or they got put out on SoundCloud, or they're, they're available. You know what I mean? So if there's people some, need them, yeah. they can find them, you know? But uh, I don't think the album as a whole just needs to be put out there's like i said there's a lot of venom hip-hop is a warrior sport and i'm a fucking warrior like i'm real good at what i do aside from being a, a conscious artist or having a message like i'm a badass with a pen you what know? kind of warrior we're we talking about we're talking like spartan or we talking like greek warrior you know i go full-on samurai Sam like, oh, I feel like okay nice. like, very decisive cause strikes because if you took 
the weapons, like if you looked and said, oh, I'm gonna take take the sword, take the shield, take the, I'm still fuck you up. Natural abilities. Right. It's all about the, uh, it's all about the skill and the discipline. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So do you feel like this is a pretty similar creative process as other things, or, or has this like touch of divinity that you felt really influenced this album to be something so much more unique than what you've released in the past? This is an expanse on touching that divinity. This is definitely the most that it's ever kind of felt. Um, but I've definitely, I'm a poet by nature, so I have a few poems that like definitely were bigger than me. Um, I have a poem about magic that I'm pretty sure I got from one of the whalers um, the last time that we hung out. And like I went home, he went to leave. He was flying back to Minnesota. Shout out Devin Evans, one of the original members of the Whalers, and Sup, like Devin. my grandfather. Um, and <clears throat> he was leaving town, and he had a bunch of weed on him. And he was like, "Hey, I can't take this on the plane here." And it's the first time that he's ever like given me his weed. Generally, <laughs> so in Jamaica, everyone rolls their own spliffs. You don't share. You don't pass it around like out here. So right. it's just to the face. So he gives me his. And you know, that's huge for someone who has been influenced by the Whalers as much as I have, right? Um, so he handed me that, I rolled it up, and was like, hit that. And all of a sudden, this poem came to me, and it came to me in the old man's voice. Um, and it's about what we do here being magic. And it, it, it sounds like some shit that he would say to me. Like, so lighting that up was your gasoline yes, at the time. Yes, well, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, don't use gasoline to light a yes. split. That's yeah, probably yeah. Not very definitely, safe. definitely don't do that. Don't light it up anywhere around the gasoline. Or you might only be seen ultraviolet. Yes. 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 Then yes. you'll actually be literally on fire. So your albums and everything is a collection, and like you mentioned, everything wants to come together um, to be a solid piece. You don't want these like small things that aren't gems to like leak in and stuff or go out on their own. So I get why you may not want to touch on this, but I would like to ask: Were there songs shelved from this album? Did no. there were there ones? No, no. everything no. made it. Really? Not only did everything make it, everything was written in the order that it appears on the album. Really? Oh. Everything was recorded, like it was written, recorded, and placed on the album in the same order. Everything, just, yeah. This, I don't think a lot of people realize how much work goes into the the order of an album because it makes a huge difference. But the fact that it's all released in that order of recording is actually really rare. So that's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was again, it's divine. It, it just really shows that like connection and everything because it just came raw, but already ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering because you mentioned raw music and coming up with this content raw. So I'm simply wondering, do you feel like there is a significant difference between quote unquote raw music and music that I guess, for lack of a better term, is premeditated? Right. Uh, I think there's there's uses for all of it. Um, it's almost like when there's a lot of folks will ask me because I get lumped into that quote unquote conscious thing where they're like, mm -hmm. well, what do you feel about commercial music? And I fucking love ratchet ass rap music. Like the worse it is, <laughs> oh, the yeah, better. Yeah. Like, um, cause I think there's a, there's a, there's a place for all of it. I think there are, there are moments when I want that really raw, you know, I want to sit down and listen to, um, some Hobo Johnson or some rituals of mine, like locally. That's who I think of when I think raw. Um, and then there's there are times when I want to just get down and I want to not really think too much and I don't want to go too deep and I don't want to dig into myself and my emotions and be in my feels. Right. Um, and I think a lot of times like that's what that 
that kind of pop like we're not gonna dig too deep we're just gonna have some fun with some melodies and you know like I think that should just uh, it serves its purpose yeah I, I enjoy that so they each much. have their, their value oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah it all works together Every, everything is balanced you know um, and that's exactly how I feel about rap music too again I love ratchet music I love pop music like I, I don't differentiate. Do you feel like there's any of that on this album specifically, or is this more of like a raw album? It's definitely raw um, in in the putting together of it, but I feel like there are some commercial sensibilities to it. Right. Where I feel like people will, um, it'll be it'll be relevant to the commercial ear. If you sit and listen to the radio all day, it's not going to be a huge change sonically okay. when you switch over to my album. Like it, it, ha- still, it can fit. It has the bass. It has the, the the really tight snares. It has a lot of hi hat in it. Like it bangs, um, just like a Nipsey Hustle album does. The content's just a little bit different. Um, now, is that for the whole album or just specific songs? Is there a lot of contrast in this album? Um, the the album just kind of tells the, the the journey, you know. So I think it, it kind of starts in a little bit more of a dark place, and you kind of see the light grow as the album progresses. So it's a, a very uh, gradual like gradient. There's no harsh changes. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense for something that really is telling a story and was released in its original order and mm-hmm. stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, very interesting. So, we're just a little bit before the, the release party all yeah, starts and the yeah, event. Yeah. How, do, how do you feel? Are you ready for this uh, to kick off? Man, I, I feel good. I just keep seeing my loved ones like coming in and flooding the spot. The energy is beautiful. Um, yeah, man, I'm 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 ready for the night. I've been I've been ready for the night, and uh, you know they, they, the the guides got me ready for the night. You yeah. know what I mean, I, I got nothing nothing left to do but give it to the people. So you've already gone through your whole musical process before you uh, get up there. Uh, something like that, something like that. I'll your vocal probably, stretches. Right. Still probably take a, take that, a couple walks. Oh, uh, for me. Uh, so I subscribe to practicing daily. Uh, right. I'm gonna talk to rappers real quick out here, especially the local ones. Y'all don't fucking practice enough, like. It's real. Any musician, you ask a guitar player, like you find someone who plays guitar, they pick that shit up every day, every two days at least, you know? Like, you gotta stay sharp. And I once heard Reverend Run say, if I go one day without practicing, I notice. If I go two days, my band notices. And if I go three days, everyone notices. So for me, I've been working through this album, doing the set, you know, three to four times a day, every day for... You don't want to catch yourself on practice, yeah. even. Well, and, and and also like, I mean, my, I'm known around the city as Uncle Rap. Uh, I'm the city's biggest rap hater. I stand in the back of everybody's <laughs> shows, and I got advice for everyone. I'm a I'm a journalist. I've been paid to hate on people before, so my opinion does hold weight, other than just being a rapper. But that being said. I can't get on stage and not do a kick-ass show. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to have... And then the folks I'm playing with tonight, Luke Taylor, Spacewalker, and Philharmonic are three of the best acts I've ever seen, period. Yeah, not, I not saw locally, that there's a not good list like, of people going on tonight. Yeah, these are all top-notch performers. So if anything, I'm a little bit nervous that i got to follow my nephew, Luke Taylor, um, and that Spacewalker is going to be following me. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just a beautiful energy. These are all artists that inspire me and keep keep me writing and keep me on the voyage of self-discovery through music. Tonight's a, a pretty good collaboration for this event. Uh, does the album itself have any uh, outside collaboration going into it? Uh, the Philharmonic um, co-produced the album with me. Okay. So where I made most of the rhythms and the beats, I would bring them in um, and then he would kind of add the icing to the cake um, and really brought this album to life.
life. I cannot understate the importance and the role that he played in bringing this album to life. He co-produced it and he produced all the vocals, like engineering-wise. Okay. He did all of that. Um, so that's my, my number one co-conspirator on this album. And then Spacewalker um, actually appears on track seven called Extra Vibe. Um, and that's because if you're going to get on your Extra Vibe in Sacramento, you've got to have Spacewalker. Uh, are they both unique to this album or have you worked with them in other productions? Oh, man. Uh, me and Phil, I'm actually Phil Harmonic's manager. Oh, okay. um, so we, we do a lot of work together. Um, and Spacewalker, that's my little sister, man. Like I've known her for five or six years. We've gone everywhere together. We've been on tour. We do drunk poetry together. We do kids' day together. Like that's one of my gurus who I go to for for spiritual advice. Like, yeah. So outside influence, but close knit friends and Absolutely. family. Absolutely. And 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 that was also I feel like very designated by you know the the forces that be with this album. That like you know there were certain people that needed to be involved in the project, and they were they were pulled in for exactly what they needed to be and I think like it's spiritual it. designated driver no absolutely absolutely so it sounds like everything you felt for this album has come to fruition and really brought itself in yeah 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 it, it keeps uh, it keeps amazing me it keeps amazing me and, and really just seeing people's responses the first time that I showed it to someone I don't tell people that I'm playing my shit I'll just press play on it and kind of get their feel and I played it for a friend of mine who happens to be a Grammy Award-winning fucking beatboxer, rapper, extraordinaire. And he flipped out within 30 seconds of the first song and was like, who the fuck is this? What is this? I need this. You just point at yourself. Like, like, I was like, Yo, this is my new shit. It's got to be and, a powerful moment. But he literally, yeah. like, um, he hit me about needing my album like I hit feel harmonic when i heard the song good day which is a song about mental health and depression and i was like i need that in my life i don't care if you fucking record it on your phone of you playing it live in your basement i need a copy of that because it's gonna like i need that medicine right now and the first time that someone like hit me and was like yo i need this medicine right now it was very like okay it's not just me this isn't just like self-help right now this is actually like gonna be beneficial to everybody else so for our listeners that are craving your medicine right now hey. where can we find all your stuff man you can find me everywhere as of this week it's on apple it's on google it's on spotify you can find it at bandcamp uh andrewdefy.bandcamp.com uh it's on youtube if you go on your instagram story and you want to add music to it you can add that shit on there too like you're we, pre-programmed yeah we everywhere we everywhere and and that's that's just the start uh, I'm Andrew Defy The album name is Ultraviolet And uh, the squad is ZFG Zero Forbidden Goals Anything extra you want to plug in? Uh, go listen to Phil Harmonic Go listen to Dre T Go listen to Soul Development Here's what I want to plug This ain't got shit to do with music But I need to talk to my city really quick Because my city is hurting right now My city is hurting right now Y'all need to listen to the kids you need to listen to these youth out here because they're leading. They're trying to lead and we need to get behind them. I'm gonna be there with some gasoline. If they wanna light this fire, I got gasoline all day. For so. those kids listening, what's the best way that they can start branching out and get into this scene and, and do what they what you're encouraging them to do? Come to Soul Collective. Come and find me at Soul Collective. Tell them Andrew, tell them Uncle Rap sent you to Soul Collective. Um, we're at 21st and Broadway. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can also just holler at me personally. Um, we do two open mics every month that are open to all ages. So come out and hone your craft. Get good on a microphone. Learn how to hold it right. Learn how to, how to work with the crowd. Um, yeah, come out and build. We got space for you.
You are sacred. Chad, do you have any questions left? No, man. That was it's very nice meeting you. I greatly appreciate the interview. It's Beautiful. really nice. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time. I love to Flom. Flom supports probably more than anybody out here and has been. And it doesn't matter how controversial the shit that I say is. This is one of the one of the only places that actually allows me to say some of the things about like what's going on in the city um, and, and really support. So thank you all for being out here and, and doing what you do and providing a voice. Appreciate it. We're like NPR, but we'll say cunt. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> That's the drop right there. Boom. <laughs> Watch how we burn it down We don't need to be allowed Beams up in the crowd It started getting too loud So I had to drown it out Now all I can hear is rain With my head up in this cloud It's the turn around Watch how we burn it down We don't need to be allowed Beams up in the crowd It started getting too loud So I had to drown it out Now all I can hear is rain With my head up in this cloud This water under the bridge Is quenching my thirst for now But bet I'ma get grinding and work it out I can feel the alignment and see the route Thought so back then, but I'm certain now I'm just trying to keep my vibe higher than all of this bullshit We bite the bullet right in half Death try to run up and I might just laugh Like you ain't real, motherfucker, you ain't real, hey Say that's just how I feel, yeah, that's just how I feel No, Howie Mandel, you already know the deal Trying to peel back the layers, I don't need no mass appeal I ain't trying to be a player, I just know the game is real It's the turnaround, watch how we burn it down We don't need to be allowed Beams up in the crowd, it started getting too loud So I had to drown it out Now all I can hear is rain with my head up in this cloud It's the turnaround, watch how we burn it down we don't need to be allowed Beams up in the crowd It started getting too loud So I had to drown it out Now all I can hear is rain With my head up in this cloud Hey peep it, here go the secret You already got everything you needed The moment that you think it The work is to accept it And bring it to fruition Your inner, you know the route So trust your intuition Let it go let all that bullshit go Hey, find some water for real And let that bullshit go No stones around my neck So you know I float I can't affect your reality Only my own Hey it's the turnaround, watch how we burn it down We don't need to be allowed Beams up in the crowd, it started getting too loud So I had to drown it out Now all I can hear is rain with my head up in this cloud It's the turnaround, watch how we burn it down We don't need to be allowed Beams up in the crowd, it started getting too loud So I had to drown it out Now all I can hear is rain with my head up in this cloud God damn it What the Flom is happening this season. And you know what? That's okay, because we've been posting any and all of the latest event stuff that we come across on the official Flom Facebook page. Somewhere in there amongst all the art history images, art articles, and political things that annoy the trolls. 
go to facebook.com slash Flomus. Make sure you use the following option because Facebook sucks and won't let you see anything unless you put an effort in it. We post a lot of events on our Facebook page. Go find one that fits you. Radio Flom is sponsored in part by Carter's Little Liver Pills. They do the work of Calomo without the danger of Calomo. Guaranteed your money back immediately. Diego Val Music at DiegoVal.com LTHMMusic.com And introducing our new gold level sponsor Squadcast.fm Remote interviews for professional podcasters You too can be a professional podcaster Just like Milk Surface Looks like this case is wrapped up. From Sacramento, the heart of California, and around the world. This has been Radio Flom. Recorded live before a studio. Contributors this week, in order, were... Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart David Lee Roth Kayastra Leslie Surface Borg von Modenar Tazé Sophia Rode, Autumn Sky Hall, Steve Mehalo, Yeni Soto, Charlotte Rose Benjamin, Chad André, Milk Surface, Andrew Desfeilles, et le Philharmonique. Also featured were... Les annonces de... Jason Spear, Audrey Daggett, et Cliff Allen. Radio Flam is produced by... Steve Mehalo Avec Milk Surface Comme lui-même Theme music by Chelsea Davis Sound design and engineering by Steve Mahalo Radio Flom is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international license However, recordings of contributors or guests of Radio Flom are still protected under international copyright law. Radio Flom contains works featured for review, opinion, critique, and or artistic transformation, and may contain adult content and nudity. Want to be featured on Radio Flom? Drop us a note at www.flom.us slash contact. Flom is a modern art game app, art history resource, faux historical art movement that uses new media to generate interest in art history and education. Flom is an online connection to art history, music, and beyond through Tumblr, Instagram, and other social media. We are all Flomist, and you can be too. Donations graciously accepted at patreon.com slash Flom Us. We are at Flom Us on most social medias. Flom is sometimes explained, but usually not. This is Cliff Allen saying thank you for listening, and if you enjoyed this podcast, well, do something about it. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, we'll be back, right? Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll just be here in the recording booth for the rest of the night. For sure. Oh, recording booth that just leave like a long. T- you may just want to like cut ahead a couple minutes. Yeah, for like for those of you that are listening to this raw track, yeah. unedited, which uh, is probably our, just our interviewee <laughs> has has left and we're outside and yeah. oh, oh, he's, coming oh back. he's coming back. We're good. We're all set. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. One second. I'm handling backstage show things oh, that's right now. We we can cut out any um, of the extras or anything. Yeah. The more editing we give to Mahalo, the more it keeps him on his toes. Exactly. Hey, Mata- Mahalo, if you're editing this, so <laughs> Watch, then he just goes, oh, Milk, can you edit all this for me? <laughs> milk, if you're editing this because Mahalo's a dick, so <laughs> <laughs> All right, ask me that question again. So my question was, do you feel Wait, like that there is a, what? Don't say my question was, because we're going to cut out the oh, first time right. you asked it anyways. So I have a oh, give like, a pause, so we have room oh, to cut right. now. Okay. Oh, one more. Now we have a big pause. So I, I just got to train <laughs> you a little bit. Like, remember, right, something's right, cut right. out. You don't want to reference it. And then if we're doing cuts, you want to give a spot so it's easy to cut away. Right, right, right. Yeah. Hey, um, I heard someone tried to arrest our British voice for trying to bribe the community college. 